Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, Alan Carey, Business and Technology Dry Stock Advisor, Chogaskin Middleton, has details of several upcoming events. Alan Jago, Chair of Cork Central IFA and Vice Chairman of the National IFA Dairy Committee, comments on milk price and the potential damage loss of our 250 kg derogation will cause to the rural economy. In this week's Irish Farmers Journal, Barry Murphy, Deputy News Editor, warned the nitrates cut would trigger land market turmoil. Barry, welcome to the programme. In this week's Irish Farmers Journal, John, we report, you know, look at the nitrates cut is going to kind of send the landmark into overdrive. Um, Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell, confirmed on Wednesday that Ireland's nitrate derogation, the upper level of it, has been cut from 250 kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare to 220 kilos. There's about 3,000 farmers directly impacted. A lot of them are in the southeast and in, in counties Cork and Tipperary and Limerick. Um, and we've estimated that an additional 30,000 hectares of land would be needed for those farmers to maintain stocking rates to the current limits. So they have a little under four months now, up until the 1st of January 2024, to either destock and reduce cow numbers or acquire more land to renting it. So really farmers waking up this morning and seeing that in the Farmer's Journal or you know having that confirmation yesterday from the Minister, it's likely to cause a serious headache for a lot of farmers. Is there any chance that a face-to-face meeting between our Minister and the European Commission might have gone differently or could go differently in the future? A face-to-face meeting, would it have been any different realistically? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so, John. Look, this flag kind of that the derogation was going to be changing has came from the Minister, um, I suppose, over the last several months. Um, over the last several months, he's... Um, and it made it made it very clear that this is the direction of travel. Um, you know, look, he's saying and he has presented this as it's not a me problem, it's a Brussels problem, and that you know the European Commission grants the derogation, and um, therefore they have the, the power to take it back. Ireland is one of just three member states operating at that higher derogation level, and um, all other member states down at the 170 kilo of organic nitrogen per hectare limit. Um, but that said, you know, look, the farm organisations they're protesting in at Agriculture House today. Um, and, and they, you know, they're at odds with the minister on that one. They're saying he should have done more. And there has been criticism. You mentioned there, you know, the, the last hurrah, you could say, the final kind of sign-off from the commission's perspective. And the, you know, the name of the cop and really was a meeting between Minister McConnell and the European Commissioner for the Environment on um, on Monday this week. And that meeting was virtual. And I suppose there is criticism now that that's, um, you know, that it's not, um, it's not been a, an in-person meeting where they feel that more maybe could have been done. Some people feel that the minister and Ireland as a country, we haven't sufficiently pushed the very real situation where our water quality is way ahead of the average water quality on the European continent. Yeah, I suppose the, the frustration amongst farmers lies with, um, I suppose the, the backstory to this is that um, the, the Department of Agriculture submitted a report to the European Commission outlining Ireland's performance on water quality. That data had been gathered by the Environmental Protection Agency, and um, that essentially, you know, looked at the Commission looked at that and said, look, water quality isn't improving quick enough, and therefore we're going to have to cut the derogation. Um, the farmers are saying, look, we've invested on farm in measures to improve water quality. 
um, with you know designated um, pathways or um, you know strips along waterways within the farm um, to, to ensure, ensure there's no water, runoff of nitrogen into into waterways and so on. And the farmers are really acting on that front, but they're saying they haven't been given enough time for those measures to, um, to for them to have an impact. And they're saying we need more time. You know, you gave us this task, but you're not letting us actually you know, see the benefit of it, um, that if we, you know, act on improving water quality, say, over the last little while, it's going to take a, a number, you know, a number of years to, for the results to be seen. And that question, that case has been put very strongly, repeatedly, by the Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association National President, Mr. Papa Cormac. He said, we are doing our utmost, we're on the right curve, but this will take time to work through the system. We're doing all we can at this point. Indeed, look, and I should say President Pat McCormick um, has made that clear, you know, that there, we need to be given time um, and the farmers need to, you know, the farmers are, look, as, a, as, a, as a workforce becoming more and more educated, particularly younger farmers, they get the signs on this, they understand that, you know, the, the implications of, say, runoff into waterways and how that can impact uh, the, the water quality and the impact of water quality then on, say, fish life and the, the creatures that live within the water, you know, so... Farmers understand it and they're working on it. And I suppose they're just saying, you know, you're kind of slamming the door shut before we even get going here. And it is important to point out as well, as you said, Ireland is very different in terms of agriculture production. The rest of the EU member states were an outdoor, predominantly grass-based system. Um, you know, and that's why we we have, you know, we have the cattle outdoors. Whereas you compare that, say, to the likes of maybe the, the Dutch or the German, it's a lot more indoor, you know, intensively fed systems for cattle are in, indoors for for lots of the year, um, and you know that's where the frustration lies among farmers. They're also making the parison stage. You know, it's like some German Audi and the big car manufacturers. You know, if you all of a sudden to bring in a curtailment on their production, um, there will be uproar as well. And they're saying the minister has really failed here on protecting our indigenous um, in industry. Do you know that it's 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 this cornerstone of of of, of uh, rural Ireland dairy sector. Um, you know, creating that income for farm families across the country. And, you know, they've invested now, particularly for those 3,000 farmers who have been directly hit by it and will have to cut stock numbers or rent more land by uh, the 1st of January. You know, a lot of those farmers, John, have created, have drawn down borrowings from banks. They've gone in and said, look, you know, I'm milking 70 cows and um, I'll be continuing to milk them for the next, um, you know, five to 10 years. This is how I'm going to make those own repayments. And now they're caught in a situation where they're having to reduce stock numbers up to 50 cows. And that has serious ramifications for their farm income, but also on the loans they've drawn down if they're in farm partnership. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of, I suppose, upheaval this will create. And I think there's a, a perception amongst, um, you know, the average listener maybe to the show that this is large dairy farmers. I think sometimes farmers themselves are... Are, you know, non-dairy farmers are guilty of saying, sure, it's the dairy farmers, aren't they all right? Sure, those, those lads who've gone off and they've 200, 300 cows, sure, no harm if they have to cut back a small bit. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's lazy thinking on behalf of some farmers, you know. Um, this is also co- impacting farmers with 70 cows who are going to have to cut back to 50 cows. You know, we've spoken to those farmers there at the Farmers Journal and it, it, it's creating an impact for all size farmers, not just the large dairy farmers. It'll hit a lot of smaller people, family businesses, family farms, as the ICMSA president, Papa Cormac, has constantly tried to bring to people's attention. Papa Cormac is right, John. Look, it's, you know, I suppose the fact of the matter is that, you know, 
we've estimated that there'll be an additional 30,000 hectares of land needed for those dairy farmers who are impacted by this to maintain their current level of production from January on. Um, those farmers are going to be going out, if they choose to keep their stock numbers the same, they're going to be going out to the land rental market or looking to acquire more land. And they are typically larger income dairy farms and they'll be competing with the beef tillage and sheep farmers who are looking to lease land as well. Um, and, you know, there is going to be a situation here where the beef and sheep farmer, in particular, and the, the hillage farmer, um, will, will lose out on, on that front. You know, they're going to be, have, they're going to be asked to pay more for land. Um, so it will have ramifications right across the farm sector, not just the dairy, the dairy sector and not just larger dairy farmers. And at this stage, Barry, as we speak, uh, we still have a few months before it comes into effect. I understand it comes into effect 1st of January next year, 2024. Yes, the 1st of January, so a little under four, four months now for farmers to um, to make those changes to, to meet the current levels. But I think, look, there's a bit of a shock factor happening here at the moment. Farmers are kind of only realising this is happening now. And we see the farm organisations, their protest outside the Agricultural House, Minister McConnell had called a meeting with the farm organisations asking them to come to the table today so he could talk through, you know, talk through the nitrate, the nitrate segregation cut and what it will mean for the sector. But they've, they've declined to join that meeting. Um, they're picketing outside the, uh, the, the the agriculture as we speak. Um, you know, IFA President Tim Conlan saying that IFA is going to fight this to the bitter end. It's an unusual one, I suppose, where, you know, this is the talk of the nitrate cut has been happening for a while and now, now there's this fight to the very end. So I'm not too sure where that can go, um, you know, the yesterday called on the Taoiseach to intervene on the matter. Um, and, you know, speaking to the Irish Farmers Journal yesterday, Taoiseach Bill Bragg said, you know, I won't be intervening. It's happened now. It's gone from the 250 to the 220. Um, you know, the, the priority now is to maintain it at the 220 kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare level um, and back over to Minister Charlie McConnell to maintain that. Um, so, you know, there is a fear that it could get brought down further again, um, but farmers are going to fight this, and they, a lot of them, you know, where I suppose they're only realising now just how much it'll uh, mean in terms of impact on the ground. We have two good stories to sum up, uh, Barry. Speaking to Mr. Barry Murphy, Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, a week or so ago, the U-turn on grass lieback, a lot of farmers didn't even understand what it meant. But luckily now, in an article in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, you point out how the U-turn on grass lieback has taken place. People thought, how the heck can this operate? Completely thrown out now. Yes, that was one we reported on last week, um, John. So the, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration. Um, a regulation had been brought in by the department, which meant that if farmers were to uh, sow, grow and graze cover crops this winter, that they would have to provide a grass lieback area for um, for the stock or for the, the, the cattle or sheep. So, you know, not only would you have to have your field of, um, of cover crop, you'd have to have a field of grass beside it. And that really was causing frustration. It was going to have serious impact for the slower lamb trade, a lot of tillage farmers um, rent land out to sheep farmers over the winter period who graze um, their their lambs on or overwinter them on the on the crop, the cover crop. So there was confusion over it. Why was it happening? Um, it led to a big fuss, you could say, and a lot of frustration expressed from farmers. And um, th- then there was a U-turn from the department, so they've now changed it. Or they changed it last week that a grass livestock area is now no longer a requirement under the good agricultural and environmental conditions, the Gaelic regulations for catch crops. Um, a market president, Lane Houlihan, called 
you know, it, it called it as a look. It shows that there's a need for better communication. That there should never have been the issue in the first place. She was saying that you know there should be active engagement, and that is key. That greater work must be done to ensure avoidable consequences to regulation changes, which are simply not practical. So you know, she's making the point there that if the minister had been in good communication with the farm organisations, this would have been addressed far before it became an issue. Irish Farmers Journal, 9th September. Application open for the 1.3 billion euro forestry programme. That has to be a very encouraging move because the forestry people feel they've been let down very badly with felling licences, etc., etc. That's it exactly, um, John. Look, good news, you could say, on the, on the forestry front um, and from Minister Charlie McConlogue and Ms Pippa Haggett's perspective, they really, want, they really want to drive on now and encouraging farmers to apply to the forestry programme. Um, they've kind of just hung their hat on it, you could say, in terms of hitting forestry planting targets. Um, the country or the state has a target of planting 8,000 hectares of trees this year. It is far, far behind on that at the moment with licences only granted for the planting of 170 hectares of trees. Um, but nonetheless, this new forestry programme is now open for applications. It has a budget of $1.3 billion. State aid approval from the European Commission has come at long last. That was the, the major roadblock to it. Um, so the programme provides a 60% increase in annual forestry premiums. And these we paid out for 20 years, up on the 15 years in the previous forestry scheme. And Minister McConnell really saying, you know, look, from his perspective, he's encouraging farmers to look at a corner of their farm or a bit that, you know, they may not use all that much or that they could set aside to plant trees in it and then that therefore they would get a premium payment, which averages out about a thousand euro per hectare every year for the next 20 years. Um, so they're saying they really should look at that as a viable addition to their, you know, their farm income. And Minister Pippa Hackett was saying that, you know, um, that farmers can now plant up to 12 forest types and um, that there's you know, plenty of different tree species they can plant and um, you know, that there's um, plenty of opportunity there to add to farm income and that you'd really encourage all farmers to, if interested, look into the schemes available. Thank you very much, Mr Barry Murphy, Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Barry, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks for having us, John. Thank you're, you. You're very welcome. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr Alan Carey, Chagas Business and Technology Dry Stock Advisor with the Chagas Knock Griffin Middleton office in County Cork. First of all, Alan, welcome to the programme. Before we start our main conversation, I understand there are a number of very important upcoming events, including dairy beef, sheep breeding, and a share farm walk. Hi, John Harry. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so we kick it off here. There's a couple of events coming up. Um, we have a dairy beef 500 walk there on the farm of Pat Collins in Castle Martyr. This event is taking place on Tuesday, the 12th of September at 5 p.m. The theme of this is dairy breeding and beef feeding. So this is a Cork East event. Um, so the topics to include will be farm system financials. There'll be multi-species wards and red clover winter feeding options for both Finnish animals and weanlings. There'll also be um, the grass, Chagas Grass 10 team there speaking about closing up for the for the autumn rotation. And also we have a live forum. This live forum has some fantastic participants in it. It is chaired by Dr. Dorian Curden from Munster Bovine and we will, they will be discussing calf breeding from the dairy herd, health issues, the future of dairy dairy industry and market specs and they, all this to be addressed. We have Chris Daly's from ICBF, we have Martin Kavanagh from Munster Bovine, we have Chagas's Lawrence Lou, we have our host farmer Pat Collins 
and Johnson for some key packs. This is a very, very um, interesting. Should be a very, very interesting event, and hope to see you all there. Just to be clear on this, it's Tuesday, 12th of September at 5 p.m. It's the far- the farm of Pat Collins and Castle Martyr, and the air code for this is P25. W892 and this will be signposted. Also there is a sheep breeding event on the farm of Dennis O'Leary in Ballangiri at 6pm on Tuesday the 12th of September. This will be also be signposted from Ballangiri village and the, the air code for this is P12 V229 and the topics to be discussed here is the sheep improvement scheme and also preparing for the breeding season. And all is welcome. And this is the Cork West event. And finally, there's another event on. It's the Gertine Shared Farm. It's the farm markets and open there. That's on Wednesday, the 13th of September at 11 a.m. And this is signposted from the Chinook Farm. And the air code for this is P72P298. And this is also the signpost program. So that's a list of our events there for the upcoming week. Looking at uh, grassland management at this time of the year, vis-a-vis fertiliser and rotations, so um, grassland management. Yeah, so John, look, I will speak just here on the the dry stock side of the house. Um, most of our clients will have their fertiliser out by now, or you're even growing a bit, or enough grass to supply the farm at the moment. So look, if you are thinking about fertiliser, the deadline is the 14th there's no more spreading after the 15th on the 15th september forward we'd be recommended to hold maybe 25 or 15 to 20 units of nitrogen per hectare but to apply this have a look at the farm see what grass is on this with good weather at the moment growth rates will stay quite high for september so there mightn't be any need to spread this fertilizer just to get a good economic return or value for money from this fertilizer just to see what grass is on the line um so walk the farm and grass measure and to see where you are and then once you measure we can make decisions small bit of advice there if there's too much um we can talk about taking out a bit for bale silage or if there's too little just evaluate farms on the grade or on your grazing platform um regards to the beef side of the house maybe bring animals in early and start finishing that bit early or maybe up meal or add in silage to keep the grass in the animal's diet but um just to watch the stocks on the grazing platform we would like to be holding at least a 30-day rotation now. For an example of this, if you have a 30-hectare farm, to be grazing approximately one hectare a day. Bale covers for the spring, so if that grass isn't there for the winter, it won't be there in the spring, so just keep an eye on that. Of the schemes, and one of them, the beef welfare scheme, there's a tiny bit of controversy there. Some farmers don't like the idea of having to do an IBR as well. So looking at the schemes, you might give us a, a brief overview of uh, the schemes and deadlines and any particular tips. Uh, let's take the SCEP first, we'll skeps and acres, etc. Okay, yep, so start off with skip. Look, the main thing here is for the skip is to be your your Borbia, your SPLAS approval by the 16th of October. Speaking with colleagues and for sort that there's still um, a lot of withstanding applications for that. You need to be Borbia approved for the 16th of October to continue participating within this scheme. So the genomic samples for this need to be submitted by the 30th of November. And just to ensure that you have 50% of your reference number as eligible females on the 31st of October. And also there's a weighing element to this scheme. So that would be submitted, all in ways need to be submitted by the 31st of October also. You mentioned there, John, about the beef welfare scheme. 
So look, that's closing for application on the 12th of September at 11.59pm. You're correct, John, there is a bit of controversy with the IBR samples, but the way the way we, we can look at it, look at it from a positive, is look, it gives you a fair idea of a herd health status. Um, a lot of farmers might be saying, look, there's no money out of it, but like I said, the benefit of having that herd health status is, is important. These IBR samples, blood samples, need to be submitted for the 1st of November, and there's a maximum of 20 animals on that. With less animals, just means less payment. Also, there's a meal feeding aspect of this, so it's 40 calves is the max, and you're feeding four weeks pre-weaning and two weeks post-weaning. Also, there is um, a national dairy beef scheme as well. So these were 50 calves, a max of 20 euro per calf. Weights also, and these weights need to be submitted by the 1st of November to ICBF. Touching off of acres here as well, John, there's a couple of deadlines popping up here as well. Um, the geese and swans area, for anyone who put land in for geese and swans, that needs to be closed off for the 1st of October, 31st of March. So if you do, if you are planning, you do need to close it off as a scheme requirement. So maybe it'd be good to get in there, graze that, or if it's a bit heavy, take a bit of cut silage off it, or manage it that way. Um, the tree planting and the hedgerow planting, um, now is probably the best time to go about that. There is a high demand for these trees and hedgerows um so look the deadline for that is 31st of march 24 but as we say best practice is probably best looking at buying them now and planting them as soon as possible to give them the best chance of establishment um so these hedgerows and trees need to be irish native plants with irish passports and dafm approved with regards to our fertilizer database we're hearing a lot of that now as well john um the deadline passed for that, but we can still register. So I'd recommend any farmer that even considering buying fertilizer, lime rent like that, will need to register before this is done. And we will need to get closed and stocks in and submitted from the 15th of September onwards. So that's the general one of the schemes. Just also on the new BIS application, formerly known as BPS, or single farm payment, if you had selected to plant hedgerows or trees, John, we need them in by the end of this month as well. And like I said, stocks are in high demand, so we need to be looking for them sooner rather than later to get the best chance to fulfil on that, that scheme requirement. Turning to animals, Alan, housing animals in the next couple of months? Yeah, so most in most cases, animals are out, they're still grazing, whether it's good. Maybe it's planning more for the housing in the next two months. Animals will be going in the next six, six weeks, two months. Weather, depending, of course, it could go longer, it could be shorter. Have a plan in place. Um, maybe have animals, a fair idea of animals grouped together, which facilitates feeding, feeding different groups, different weights, the different targets. Um, and also maybe have a look at dosing animals before they go into housing. Have a chat with the vet there, see what the best the best plan is for your herd, what, what needs to be done, and just prepare for the winter housing. This will also come under health and safety, John. So now is kind of the time to go looking at our sheds just to make sure everything is in good shape, everything's working, water's, water's working, slats are good, cubicles are good, and all that. And just make sure, even for the farmers, health and safety pointing as well, when animals get in, winter starts getting busy and these little things are forgotten about. 
So just have a quick check with that as well. Have a look around and make sure everything is good before animals are housed. Regarding dosing and preparation for winter housing? Most animals will need dosing, especially say take weanings for argument's sake, the ammonia injection and a booster as well. Um, sometimes this can be recommended to do before before housing. But like I said, the best bet for this is to contact your vet um, and our liaise with them and put a plan together for this dosing regime and see what works best for yourselves on farm. Health and safety, shed maintenance and that essential, I think it's even a legal requirement to keep your farm safety book up to date. So shed maintenance and the farm safety book in the context of health and safety. Um, now is the time to go looking at this kind of stuff. Usually when winter comes in, you have dark mornings and early evenings as well. This kind of seems to forego. So look, before animals go in, have a look around, make sure everything is good. Um, even look at the roofs, the sheds, um, crushes, any handling facilities, because animals will be coming in and out. And just kind of have a quick, I know it's a bit early to be talking about, but have a bit of a plan for, for your calving season. Make sure everything is in good condition, because when things get busy, um, this kind of slips our minds, and we also need look to look at the health and safety settings. It is hopefully that we'll have a good a good winter, not everything goes good on farm. Even having something simple, look as if you're planning up to have an escape route for animals. If something does go wrong, have everything good for you. Um, health and safety, look, it's a big thing, look, and we'll always keep talking about it. Your farm safety book, you mentioned, John, there is a legal requirement, and unfortunately, this is, tends to be done maybe a day before the inspection, but I think it's a very good time. Um, we do it ourselves there. When things are kind of quiet before it hits the mad busy period of the winter, is just have a look around the farm, take a couple of notes, and you can sort these notes in. Something simple like hang this gate properly, put a cover on this PTO shaft, etc. Just have it have it noted. You won't forget it when you come back. Then we can we can fix all these small little issues. But as it comes into the busy the busy time or the winter time and coming into calving, these won't get done. So it's best to have them done now. Wonderful advice. And of course, Alan, the risk always is you're multitasking, but when an accident occurs, that accident occurs, which could be varying degrees right up to fatal, and then you're totally out of the picture. But try if you can and avoid losing your concentration because you're half doing a whole pile of things and you're being pulled in several different directions due to things being busy. But if you're injured or you have an accident, tragically then that hits you out of the blue. But thank you very much indeed, Mr. Alan Carey, Business and Technology Dry Stock Advisor, Chagas, not Griffin, Middleton in County Cork. Thank you, Alan, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Alan Jago, IFA Cork Central Dairy Committee Chairman and also Vice Chairman of the IFA National Dairy Committee. Alan, welcome to the programme. Many dairy farmers are very worried about uh, making ends meet now that the milk price has gone down and is continuing to decrease vis-a-vis what it was at those uh, record prices of just a year or so ago. Any message of hope for people in the dairy sector who are worried about the negative trend, the trend of milk price going down? I suppose, John, it's ironic to think that, you know, just less than 12 months ago, you know, we are record highs and we're now facing nearly 20 cents per litre of a different from, from last year to this year, I suppose if you look at the markets globally, they are on a downward trend. But, you know, I think we need our co-ops here and the industry throwing behind our, our sector, the dairy sector, um, to give us help and support to get through the next number of months into the spring of 2024. You know, 
the, the supply and demand is, is, is a very, very narrow line. Um, and, you know, we're looking over New Zealand, a lot of farmers, they're going once a day. If you look to America, there's a record number of cow slaughtering happening. So it could change very, very fast at the supply and demand line. What's worryingly, by all accounts, is China, and they're now producing a lot of milk in China. They are less reliant on imports, um, in particular from New Zealand, which means in that, that New Zealand product finds its way onto our European markets. Um, which distorts in our Irish and European product. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think that we need to be resilient for the next number of months, um, get through the rest of this year, uh, look at 2024, and tw- you know, the spring of 24, calving down. Um, farmers just maybe just need to, to look at their costs, see where they can cut back a small bit. Um, but, look, I think, you know, in the next couple of weeks and months, we have a better idea and an indication of where the next six months will go. But it's very hard at the moment to give silver lining there doesn't seem markets are pretty flat at the moment uh, but that's what we're calling on the co-ops to step in here and support our farmers because we all know the costs on farms the cost of fertilizer the cost of feed all our input costs have risen and have not fallen anywhere near the dramatic fall that milk price has uh, losing our 250 uh, derogation to remind people in farming and outside farming and people involved in the rural economy the importance of ireland retaining our 250 derogation yes john i suppose uh, first of all the importance of ireland keeping our nitrate derogation in its current form cannot be overstated um any talk of a potential reduction is going to result in a huge amount of economic disruption at family farm level right across the country and particularly here in Cork. The whole concept of having to register and produce your herd number if you're buying fertiliser, the water purification going on at Tim and League and our general attention to water quality, the general concern of farmers to do the right thing regarding water quality. I know now the EPA would have a rather negative view on our progress or otherwise on water, but do you feel that Ireland, we have a very, very good case when you examine, if the Commission come over here, if their representatives come to Ireland, they see Irish farmers and Irish water quality is a great deal better than the European continental average. I think Irish farmers have made huge progress over the last 10 to 15 years, uh, measured at farm level and, and throughout the chain. Um, even if you look at the last number of years, with uh, dairy farmers in particular switching to less in terms of slurry um, spreading, the use of protected urea, the use of um, actually spreading less nitrogen in general, the incorporation of clover and multi-species sward into our grassland management, these have all been really, really positive um, positive things that are going to show uh, a huge change and huge improvement in water quality uh, in coming years. But these measures do not, um, but they, they do not take effect in, in, instantaneously. You know, they take a number of years for these measures to see the results coming through in our water quality. And that's why we're looking for more time here from the Commission to allow these results um, of all these measures to take, take shape. For example, the banding that was, that was introduced in 2023 um, will only be seen in 2024 and beyond. So, you know, measures that we're even doing now aren't even being seen to take effect. But, you know, you, you mentioned about Europe and, and, and our, I suppose, our, our continental cousins. Um, I've been lucky enough through the different organisations to travel all over Europe and nobody is able to grow grass like we are growing it here in Ireland. Uh, so we are very unique in that case. Uh, if you look at Holland, uh, Holland and Belgium and Denmark, the other three countries 
who currently have or indeed had in the case of Holland, um, their farming systems are very, very different. They are predominantly based on indoor systems, a lot of cereal being fed to, to their livestock, whereas we are a grass-based system, growing grass nearly 12 months of the year. You know, Most Irish dairy farmers have their stock out for at least 250, 280 days of grass. That's a huge, huge, huge difference to um, continental Europe. And that's why we've asked the Commission to come over on a numerous occasions now to actually see what's happening on Irish farms um, and see what Irish farmers are doing. You mentioned Tim League and the great work we've done down in Tim League, and I think Tim League is something that we should really be proud of. The catchment programme that's happening in Tim League, uh, covering a fairly wide area, but really covering you know intensive dairying. And it has seen a remarkable improvement in water quality over the last number of years. And that is down to the measures that I've mentioned have taken place at farm level. But the water in Timaleague is being tested every 10 minutes of the day, of every week, of every year. And that's the difference between the testing in Timaleague compared to the testing in other river bodies throughout the country. So if we went to any river today, we could take a sample, and that's only a snapshot in time. Whereas Timaleague is being tested every day, and that gives a real accurate information of what's happening. And they're the results that we need to work on. And we need to actually roll out these programmes in another, a number of other spots throughout the country to show the progress that has been made. At the moment, it would appear we are on the right trend, but we do need time. If we can show we're on the right trend, we're making a progress, we can show we can do this, but at the same time, the EU Commission must in some way be made to understand that we're on the right trend. Correct, John. We're on the right trend. We're on the right track. It may not be fast enough for some of those who want things to happen, but we are definitely on the right track. If you look at the county of Cork, we have one-third of the cows in the country in our, in our county. And going by the EPA's own figures, we have the very best water uh, river bodies and water basins in the country. So by, by that very metric, you know, the farmers in Cork are doing a really, really, really good job. And that is why we're looking for this more time for the results um, to come true from the actions that we have taken over the last number of years. IFA have engaged with a water quality specialist and he says it could take up to seven or eight years for some of the measures to actually have an impact on water quality. So that's why we're looking for a bit more time for those measures that we have undertaken over the last couple of years. Measures that have cost a lot of money on farms, um, but that will uh, going by Chagas and going by the science, say that will have an impact on water quality. So we are looking for that time um, to see those results come true. Have any members of the EU Commission come to Ireland to look at what's being done to check the actions being taken by Irish farmers? From my understanding, I believe in 2020, the year of COVID, there was meant to be a delegation from the Commission come. Um, but obviously COVID put a, put a stop to that. Um, but there has been no visits since by the Commission uh, particularly in, in relation to nitrates. I understand the Department have um, informally asked the Commission over, but I, do, I haven't been aware of any formal invitation coming from ministerial level, um, and that's something that we would be calling on Minister McCannlough uh, and his Department officials to insist on the Commission coming to Ireland to see how we're farming in Ireland, see what we're doing different, and to see those river bodies that are improving. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Alan Jago, until recently Chairman of AgriAware. And Alan, you might please remind our listeners about your new role in the IFA. Yes, so I am the, the current uh, Dairy Chairman here in Cork Central, IFA Cork Central, and recently elected to be the Vice Chairman of our National Dairy Committee. 
Thank you very much indeed, Alan. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Alan Jago there, Chairman of the IFA Cork Central Dairy Committee and also Vice Chairman of the IFA National Dairy Committee, was speaking some days prior to the announcement that the 250 kg derogation for Ireland was not being renewed. Alan was pointing out the potential damage which would be caused to the Irish rural economy and to farmers if the 250 kg derogation for nitrates was not renewed by the EU Commission. And that interview was recorded some days prior to the decision announced by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue, TD, following a virtual meeting with the EU Commission. Listeners are notified about the postponement of a very important farm walk planned for 15th of September on the farm of Norma and Tom Dineen outside Ballynoe, the home of Borua Cheese. Unfortunately, the farm walk planned for 15th of September has had to be postponed for the moment. In due course, when a new date is available, listeners to Farm Talk will be advised. The 2023 National Ploughing Championships take place at Rathaniska, County Leash, from the 19th of September to 21st of September, inclusive the National Ploughing Championships Machinery and Livestock Exhibition. Guarantee your ticket by booking online at the following website, www.mpa.ie, all lowercase. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President, West Cork-based Mr Dermot Keller, said the decision by the Minister of Finance, Mr Michael McGrath, TD, to remove the pouring concrete element for precast products, although correct, highlights what he alleged was the utter insanity of the levy in the first place. Mr Keller said, quote, the 5% concrete levy must be one of the most ill-thought-out farcical policy decisions ever made in a country where we urgently here need more houses and where farmers are under pressure to add more slurry storage facilities. Part of a statement there from the ICSA National President, Mr Dermot Kelleher. A survey for the European Milk Forum in Ireland and the National Dairy Council found that 89% of Munster consumers had confidence in Irish dairy farmers to make the necessary changes to achieve climate action targets. 76% regard the industry as hugely important to Ireland. 76 believe that the industry should be supported to remain viable for future generations. 80% felt informed about the role of dairy farmers as food producers. 45% of Munster consumers were aware of the challenges to implement environmental initiatives and to remain economically viable. ICSA National Sheep Chair Mr Sean McLamara said lamb price in Ireland is now well out of sync with the UK and EU nations. And he said, quote, current Irish lamb price including QA bonus, excluding VAT, is at €6.23 paid compared to €6.62 kg in Great Britain, €8 per kg in France and €6.97 kg in Spain. Mr McNamara said the Irish price is now about $0.10 a kg higher than 2021, which in no way compensates for a massive increase in all costs in that period. Mr McNamara said, for context, the British price today is 43 cents a kg higher than this time two years ago, 
Spanish price is almost 50 cents a kg higher, and French price is up 80 cents a kg since 2021. He said factories here in Ireland are clearly making excess profit on lamb at present, he contended. Meanwhile, he noted the cost of production for the sheep farmers had gone through the roof since 2021. There had been virtually no let-up since, from meal to transport costs, electricity, dosing costs and veterinary bills. Once our costs went up, they stayed up, he said. And Mr McNamara said those increased costs were not being acknowledged by the factories, he claimed. And he posed the question, where is the sustainability when farmers' costs are simply being ignored? Mr McNamara also called into question the high levels of imported live lambs. What he said was the logic of importing so much live lamb from Northern Ireland when it would be far more profitable to send Northern lamb to Great Britain as slaughtered lamb. Again, he contended, the suspicion is it's being done to suppress the trade here in the Republic of Ireland. The announcement by the Minister for Finance, Mr Michael McGrath, that the pouring concrete element of precast concrete products will be removed from the concrete levy is the correct decision according to the IFA Farm Business Chair, Ms Rosemary MacDonald. Ms MacDonald said, while the levy on precast products is gone, it still applies to ready-mix and concrete blocks, which are used for construction work on Irish farms. With a welcome improvement in beef prices in recent days, following substantial reductions, the chairperson of ICMSA's Livestock Committee, Mr Des Morrison, said farmers need to be aware of what he described as indirect price cuts, which can have a very significant impact on the final price, and they should seek assurances accordingly. Mr Morrison said it was encouraging to see that beef prices were improving, but they were still at a much lower price than earlier this year. These reductions will have a very severe impact on beef farmer incomes in 2023. The ICMSA Livestock Chair said, despite this week's improvements in prices, meat processors, he alleged, continue to impose cuts indirectly based on specifications and grids that are applied at different levels and rates depending on the level of cattle supplies and factories requirements at a specific time. Part of a long statement there from the ICMSA's Livestock Committee, Mr Des Morrison. He says beef prices are rising, but the ICMSA is warning farmers of, quote, indirect price cuts. ICSA Animal Health and Welfare Chair, Mr Hugh Farrell, said he is encouraged by progress being made at the Deer Management Strategy Group, chaired by Teddy Cashman, towards a workable deer management programme. And, quote, for too long, he said now, the out-of-control deer population had been a major problem on several fronts, including, he alleged, the spread of TB. Mr Farrell was hopeful that we were now moving towards a plan which will include a dedicated programme manager to coordinate and implement a strategy to bring deer numbers under control. Mr Farrell, who participates in the Deer Management Strategy Group, said that a good level of consensus is emerging between all stakeholders on the need to control the deer population and also to tackle the issue of deer roaming onto farmland and public roads. Mr Farrell said, quote, The foundation of this strategy has been a significant consultative process where the views of respondents with different viewpoints have been taken into account. He said the ICSA had worked hard over the past five years on the TB Forum. 
and the ICSA had put a lot of effort into ensuring that we tackle all sources of TB spread, including the deer population. Mr Pat O'Toole, political correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal, writing in this week's issue, points out that Mr Martin Stapleton, the current IFA National Treasurer, is being nominated by the Limerick Executive and the county chairs from Cork Central, Cork West, Louth, Roscommon and Wicklow. Francie Gorman, the current Southlands Regional Chair, is being nominated by Leash County Executive and the county chairs from Cavan, Galway, Kilkenny, Offaly and North Tipperary. Pat O'Toole points out in his analysis in this week's Irish Farmers Journal that the presidency of the IFA seems certain to be a two-horse race for only the second time since 1907. Nominations are closing on Tuesday, 12th of September. Candidates must be nominated by their own county executive and by five other county chairs. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks for listening. The Farm Talk programme, Saturday mornings, 7am to 8am, and Wednesday evenings, 10pm to 11pm. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.